How are we doing, Kettlebrook? You guys can laugh. That was kind of funny, wasn't it? It's all right to laugh in church. It's all right. <laughs> Anybody ever feel like that when they've been praying? Um, you've felt just really uh, awkward when you've been praying. Maybe you haven't known exactly what to pray for. Maybe you've pray- Maybe you've been uh, really inadequate when it comes to, like, what words do I say? I know... I felt that way. I know sometimes I still feel that way. And I think that's one of the reasons Kettlebrook decided to do this series on prayer is um, sometimes prayer is so intimidating that we kind of just push it off and say, I could never do that. But let me just say this. If Ben Stiller can pray, you can pray. Okay. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Dave Lasowski. Um, it's been a crazy morning. Preached for her service. Went into the ditch. On the second service, going there, preach there, and come back here. So uh, I know someone's been praying for me that uh, we got all this. I got here on time. Um, turn with me in your Bibles to uh, Ephesians 1, 18 to 20. We're going to continue our series on prayer in Ephesians. And let me give you a little backdrop um, to this. Uh, the book of Ephesians is written by a guy named Paul to the Ephesians, the church in Ephesus. And, and what Paul was, he was a church planter, and uh, he went out and preached the gospel here in Ephesus. Um, Ephesus wasn't a small city, one of the biggest cities at this time. 250 to 300,000 people lived in Ephesus, so a big, a, a mega center. And uh, many um, theologians said that the Ephesus was probably the first mega church. People came to Christ one after another. Paul's ministering there, settles the ministry there, and then leaves. And then this letter is Paul's writing back to the Ephesian church. Picture Troy leaving Kettlebrook. And uh, he loves you guys so dearly, cares about you so much, and he just pens a letter a couple years later and says, here's some things that I want to write to you. I care about you so much. And, and this is Paul writing to us. And so let's pick up where Ryan left off last week in Ephesians 1.18. This is what it says. And I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead. Last week, Ryan taught us that prayer isn't just about asking, what can I get from you, God? What can I get from you? But Paul's heart for the Ephesians people were, would you know Christ better? Would you know Christ better? And, and I hope us as a congregation, that's our heart too. Would you know Jesus Christ better? But Paul continues on. He says, he says this, and I pray also, that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. Enlightened means open or illuminated. Now maybe if you've been in church long enough, you used to sing the song, uh, Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart, Lord. Open the eyes of our heart. We want to see you. We want to see you high and lifted up. Standing in the light of your glory, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. And this is Paul's heart for the Ephesian church. Would your eyes be open? Somewhere they're, they're not. 
but want the Spirit of God to open your eyes. We want your eyes to be illuminated. This word illuminated means uh, cause light to shine in it so you can see more clearly. My dad got me this, uh, this little flashlight for Christmas, and uh, it looks little, but apparently, I haven't used it yet, but uh, it shines 25% brighter than other flashlights. And so we take a family trip up to Upper Michigan every year, and we're always looking for our stuff in the dark, my fishing pole, my fishing knife. Actually, my brother cleans most of the fish. I don't do that. But uh, theoretically, if I was looking for my fishing knife, that I could put a spotlight on it, and I could see more clearly exactly what's around me. And that's Paul's prayer for the Ephesians. God, would you shine a spotlight deep into the hearts of the people? Expose what's in their hearts so they can see you more clearly. I mean, if anybody knew about illuminating and lights and opening eyes, it was the Apostle Paul. I mean, remember the story of the Apostle Paul? He's um, killing Christians. Or at very least, he's the one who's imprisoning them. His name used to be Saul. And Acts 9 tells us a story that he's on the road to Damascus, going to go gather up some more Christians, some more followers of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, a bright light shines, and, and he, he falls to the ground. And a voice from heaven comes out and says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul's response is this. Who is that? Who is that? And the voice from heaven says this. It's Jesus. See, Saul had been a religious person. He had been around the synagogue all his life. But that was his first encounter with Jesus. His eyes began to see who Jesus was, began to be illuminated. He gets up, and, and at that point, he can't see. He's blind. And so two of his friends take him into the city, and God ordains that a man come, and he opens his eyes. Once was blind, now he could see. And Paul goes on to write most of the New Testament to share the gospel of Christ in places that nobody ever had gone before to fall in love with Jesus because he had seen Jesus there. He had illuminated his eyes. He had opened his eyes that were blind and now he could see. In this book, this is the heart that Paul has for the Ephesians and, and this is the heart that your pastors have for you. God, would you open their eyes, illuminate your, uh, their eyes to Jesus, because when they see Jesus, it changes everything. If they could just get a glimpse of Jesus and know Jesus more, it changes everything. You see, without illumination, we can't really know God. Look back in your passage there in verse 18. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be illuminated. In order, it says. In order. In other words, these things that he says later can't happen unless their eyes are illuminated. So he he wants them to know the hope that which they were called to. That they'd have a security in their salvation. 
He wants them to know the riches of their inheritance. I mean, all the blessings and benefits that God has given us because Jesus gave up everything for us. That they would know his power, incomparable power, can't compare it to anything, like nothing even comes close. He wants them to know this. But we'll never know God and all that he's given us, all that we have in Jesus, unless he illuminates, unless he illuminates our eyes. You see, he's talking right here, not to non-Christians. He's talking to church people. Church people that already had hope in Jesus. He says just a couple verses over in Ephesians 2.12, remember, before Jesus, you were foreigners. You didn't have a citizenship. You had no God and you had no hope. But now, because you found Jesus, you have hope. They already had hope in Jesus. They just didn't know that they had hope. They already had an inheritance laid up for them in heaven. They just didn't know they had it. They already had all the power at their disposal. They had the Holy Spirit living them the moment they accepted Jesus as their Savior. It says in Ephesians 1.13, he was a deposit. They already had all this stuff. But until God illuminates our hearts, we don't really know what we have in Jesus. We don't know what we have. We don't know all the blessings and everything Jesus has given us. And so we pray, God, illuminate, because I want to know. What do you do when you, when you don't have something? What do you normally do when you don't have something? You can respond to me. What do you do? You get it? Look for it? Anything else? Amazon. Amazon, yeah. So my wife and I have been married for 20, almost 22 years now. And uh, we stopped giving Christmas presents to each other a long time ago. Because this is what we've decided. Anything she needed, or anything I needed, we just go to the store and get. Amazon, right? And so why tell our spouse, have them go buy this gift... And then we had to wait two, three, four months to actually get it, right? We're like, forget that. Let's just go get it ourselves. If we need it, we'll get it ourselves. Because it seems like if you need something, you go get it. What happens if you have something in Jesus, but you don't know you have it? You have hope, but you don't know you have hope. What are you going to do? You're going to go look for assurance. You're going to go look for hope. You're going to go look for love in some other place. What about an inheritance? You have an inheritance laid up, but you don't know it. You're going to go look for it. You're going to go build your inheritance. You're going to get your stack of money because you need something to retire on. You need something, the riches. And so you work all your life to get it. And Paul's saying... It's all there for you already. Like when you put your faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, he's given it to you. Here you go. But, church, God has got to illuminate our hearts so that we know what we actually have in him. That we know it. We can grab onto it. I mean, would your life change if you knew that you had every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus? If your dad was filthy rich, would that change the way you live? 
I joke with people at work about that all the time. They're like, man, and you don't take pick, out, pick up extra hours and like work isn't your identity. And I'm like, I got a really rich dad. And they look at me like, really? You come from a rich dad? My dad's not rich. My heavenly father is like rich. I got all the riches in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying to us today, man, would you experience and know Jesus and all the benefits of Jesus like I've come to know them more and more and more and more and would you pray to that end? I mean, what would it look like if we began as a church praying, God, would you illuminate my heart? Like there's some disbelief in my heart about who God is. There's some sin in my heart. Like I shine your light on it so I can see it. Shine your light so I can see all that I have in Jesus. Illuminate my heart. And he began showing you more of who he was. That would would change you, right? What if, what if we as a congregation not just prayed that for ourselves? And that's, that's great. I hope you pray that for yourself. But what if we started praying that for other brothers and sisters in Christ? I mean, that's what Paul was doing, right? He was praying for his church, other brothers and sisters in Christ. God illuminate their hearts so they would know the hope and the inheritance and the, and the power. What if we started praying? Do you think they would start to see, to know God more and all the benefits, all they have in Christ Jesus more and more and more, and then we'd be living differently? And, and I get it when we talk about prayer. It's like another, it's like another burden you heap on. I mean, life is busy. We could barely pray for our own families, right? Sometimes our own immediate families, let alone other brothers and sisters. I mean, we're busy. And, and I, have to, I have to confess to you guys, the last three months, I have not been praying for you guys. I, I, I apologize to you guys. As, as someone who loves you dearly, and I know I don't know names and stuff like that, but I've been around Kettlebrook for 10 years now. You guys are still at Badger Middle School, and I haven't been life, like, you know, sometimes you go find sin, and then sometimes the brokenness of sin comes to find you. Like, you don't want anything to do with it. And the last three months, like, sin just came knocking on our door. And, like, we praying for our immediate family and, and just asking God to move and work and and we've been praying for our missional community. God, would you move and work? But I, I haven't prayed beyond that. I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize to you for that. Um, you say, Dave, why are you, why are you apologizing? I, I was reading in First Samuel, and uh, Samuel was a, a prophet. He had been a minister for all of his life, since he was a little boy, and he was kind of saying farewell. He was, he was moving on. He was old at that time. And he, he gives this message to the Israelites, and he's saying, keep fearing God. Keep loving God. Like, keep God at the center of all you are. And then he, he says these words that just, they cut me to my core. I, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I, I stood there, and I was like, surely I read that wrong. 
Surely I read that, that verse wrong because I've never seen that. This is what it says in 1 Samuel 12, 23. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the ways that is good and right. Far be it from me. I will stop praying for the people that I love. For God to come and move, for them to know him, for them to know all that they have in him, far be it from me. To sin against, not you, sin against him. I, I'll be honest, I, I've known Jesus Christ since I was this, I'm kind of tall for my age, that's all. I, I, I don't know that I've ever read that verse that way in my life. I, I don't know how many messages about prayer I've heard. And that's no guilt to you. That's to me. That's what God's revealed to me and a repentance that I need to take. But and far be it for me to sin against you, God, and not pray for the people that I love. You see, prayer and Paul's prayer is not just for us. It's his prayer is that Others that he loved would see God. Their hearts would be illuminated the way they, he saw God. That, that Jesus would be so beautiful. Just be so lifted up. And that would, that would change them. I mean, can you throw up that slide? As we close today, I just want to give some practicality to this. Praying for others. I don't know if you pray for others or not. Um, Here's how I pray for other people. This is a combination of um, this passage um, that is, besides the Lord's Prayer, my favorite prayer in, in, in the Bible. Um, in a movie that I saw, I don't know, it's got to be five or six years ago, um, called The Prayer Room. It's a Christian movie. And, and uh, so you guys have a, a blank sheet of paper maybe you guys got and pens in front of you. Would you humor me and uh, take those out? And would you write at the top of uh, your paper, if you're able, write illuminate, write hope, write inheritance, write power. And these are the things that in this Ephesians passage, as Paul is praying for other people that he said illuminate their heart, allow them to know the hope to which they were called, the riches of their inheritance and their incomparable great power. And then make a little X or a little cross there. Nothing spiritual, we're just dividing. Um, for a lot of years I did this and I used full sheets of paper and I would, um, I taped them to our walls in our bedroom. And my wife, at some point, didn't like the interior decorating. I don't know why. I'm not sure why. But uh, she didn't like the interior decorating. And she's like, hey, could you, uh, could you move those to a different place? And so I moved them to a different place. And, and so we're just separating. So right family, friends, spiritual family, which could be your missional community. Maybe it's your small group. Maybe it's some people here. Uh, Pre-Christians, those who don't know Jesus, I couldn't fit that all in that space. 
If you're an overachiever, turn to the back. You can put leadership. You can put enemies. You can put neighbors. Hopefully the same person isn't on all those. Who's in leadership, is your enemy and your neighbor. That would be weird. But uh, that might be the case. Um, these categories like aren't specific. These ones are just that made sense to me. You could put coworkers, whatever. And, and so this is what I do. I, I fill out names under each of these lists. And then on Monday, I pray for family. On Tuesday is friends. Wednesday, spiritual family. Thursday, those who don't know Jesus. Friday is for leadership. Saturday is for enemies. And it, it gives me a consistency that I can come back to, that I'm always praying, illuminate, hope, inherit power. I can come back to and say, man, these are the people I love. These are the people in my life. These are the people that my heart longs for. If I don't see in heaven, that would be a problem and I, that I want to move forward in Christ. And so I... Sometimes as I write the names, like maybe I, one day I don't play for all the family members. I mean, as I went, I just named a media family. And then as I kept on going, I did all the extended family and some of that. That was like got really long, so I'll break it up. But it just gives me something that I can say, all right, let's start prayer. Doesn't mean I don't add other things to pray. I mean, Greg DeFore got added to this list. Didn't matter what day. You know, he just got put in there. You know, stuff like that just gets put in there. But my heart is for others to know Jesus and all that they have in Jesus, like I know. That he's continuing to illuminate our hearts more and more and more. And so there's going to be, the music team's going to come up here in a minute um, and play some music. And so this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, we have about 10 minutes It may look more like five minutes, but I just want you to add, and even if you don't have a sheet, I just want you to put one name under each of those headings, right? One family member, one friend, one person in your spiritual family, one person who doesn't know Jesus. And, and while the music is playing, would you pray that God illuminates their heart? Would you pray that they know the hope, the riches in their inheritance, and the power that's in Jesus? And we're going to kind of practice we kind of practice what Paul did. Paul prayed this for the people. I'm going to pray this for you. And then you're going to pray for the people. See how that extends and multiplies everything out? So let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, what a simple word today. But so profound. Lord, be more to us. Allow us to see you as we open our hearts to you. Illuminate our hearts like you have never done before and show us yourself. Show us all that we have in Christ Jesus. The hope. Where would we be without you? (laughs) Where would we go if it wasn't to you? Let us know your hope. Let us know the riches that you and all the blessings, the rest, and the forgiveness that we have in you, Christ Jesus.
the place that you're preparing for us. And so we don't have to work. We got a pretty sweet benefit package. Heavenly Father, thank you for that. Nothing that we've done. Do you allow us to know your incomparable power? Fill us with your spirit, we pray. Change us. We need you. In your name I pray. Amen.